Hey guys, welcome back to the Glass Candle Podcast, where we look at what is, what could be, and what will come in a song of ice and fire. My name is Eric. Question. Sorry. Answer. <laughs> we are not changing the intro right now, right? No, this is still the live intro. And I'm Lillian, and we admin over at the Song of Ice and Fire. Should we start over? <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to... Oh, stop cutting me off. Stop fucking talking. Hello, and welcome to the Glass Candle... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Glass Candle Podcast, where we no, look at um, no, start what with... is, what could be, and, and what will come. Well, now we have to edit it. You can't just throw that shit out. Hello, and welcome to the Glass Candle, <laughs> Glass Candle Podcast, where we look at what is, what could be, and what might happen. That's not what it is. Fire. My name is Eric. It's what will come. My name is Lillian. Jora came to Danny in this chapter. Can we just start over again? And uh, we admin at the Song of Ice and Fire slash Game of Thrones Discussions and Theories group on Facebook. You can find us by searching A-S-O-I-A-F slash G-O-T Discussions and Theories. That was fun. Today we're talking uh, Daenerys 3 from A Clash of Kings. Uh, Lillian, I'm talking too much, so give them the, the podcast breakdown. You can't just spring shit like that on me. Because then I have to go look for it. Alright, so... I don't know what you say. I don't know what Eric says, but this is what we do. <laughs> so Eric's gonna give you a high-level summary. It's tweet on Twitter. <laughs> what? It's the pinned tweet on Twitter. What? On our, our own Twitter. <laughs> uh, this is fucked up. What I'm saying is I don't know how you lead into it. I have it written down, kind oh, of. Oh, okay. Go for it. Give it a try. I actually had it typed up and written down for that episode I was supposed to do without you. And, like, I had this nice little thing, and then it didn't fucking matter. Anyways, Congratulations. Eric's going to give you a high-level summary of what happened in the chapter. Then we're going to talk about who is the main character, what was the biggest influence on that character. Okay, these are out of order. <laughs> Knowing how the future plays out, what should they have done differently to avoid the result? And we got rid of the butterfly effect for little bitch. Yes. Little how, little bitch of little, the week. week. Little bitch of the week. Little bitch of the week. Okay, I don't know what to call it. Um, call it little bitch of the week because that's what it's called. Afterwards, we pick an alternative POV to view the points of the chapter. I can't do this shit, man. <laughs> we'll pick an alternative point of view to God. point of view to view the chapter point from. Point of view. And then we'll close out with quotes, standout appearances, and theories that apply. This is what we get for bullshitting for 40 minutes instead of actually starting to record, because now neither of us can talk. I can talk perfectly. Okay. And I will begin talking on this particular podcast with the summary. Can't really say high level, because this is not high level at all on this summary. Because nothing fucking happens. Uh, so we open up with Daenerys uh, driving back to... Uh, driving back to... with his we, this isn't me not being able to talk. This is me not being able to write. We open with Daenerys driving back with Zaro to the house after getting rejected the by the Pureborn. Where do they live? She's staying in a house. They're driving back to the house. They're in a palace. Tomato potato, dude. Um, they tried bribing their way. I'd be pretty damn pissed if I had a palace and you called it a house. <sighs> They tried bribing their way to get ships and soldiers 
Um, but their politi- politicians flaked. Okay, apparently I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> the two argue over why Zara won't give her more, or won't give her his help, and nothing happens. Some dude does fire magic in town, climbing a ladder made of flames. Uh, Quaith teleports right next to Danny and says the to go north line, uh, which makes no sense. Uh, they get home and Jorah comes to Danny, and then they start talking and she recaps the chapter to him. The end. All right. That's what happened in, in this chapter. Did you N- mention nothing, the nothing Paraborn at all, or the Thirteen, or the Crown, or the people? Yep. She got rejected. Respects. She got rejected by the thir- or by the Pureborn. The Thirteen don't matter because the Thirteen didn't do anything. Okay. What else happened? I don't know. We were laughing too much for me to know what the fuck you were talking about. I was talking about the chapter that you should have read today. I did read it. So, what what happened in this chapter, in your own words? In my own words? If I had to write the summary? Um... Well, no, no, not like if you're writing the summary. Just oh. basically, like, she, she's driving back to the house. They're bitching to each other. She gets so was like, turned Marry down me. from the pureborn. Zaro's trying to talk her in and out of shit. He fake cries, asks her to marry him. She thinks that he's full of shit because he likes little boys. And then they run into the fire mage and the cut purses and Quaith. And then Jorah tells her, don't go to Ashai, but to go east, which doesn't make sense to me because it's in Ashai east of where they're at. And then um, she decides she's got to go talk to Pyapri. Basically the exact same thing I said. Okay, well then I I was too busy laughing at you. Sorry. So who's the uh, the main character? I have it as Danny. I don't know how it could be. Well, maybe in the next chapter it'd be someone other than Danny. But in general, I don't see. Well, wait. Last chapter, didn't we pick Quaith or Karth? Yeah. All right. I don't know what I'm talking about. I picked Danny um, <laughs> because it's just based around her unsuccessful attempts of um, winning any part of Karth to her side at this point. It's it's a lot of things that we don't get to see. We just get to hear about afterwards. So I don't know how it could be anything other than herself. Right, that's what I had. I put Danny, I guess. Um, she's stuck in Karth and she's frustrated. Pretty much. That's the only thing that's happened. Okay. That's the only focus we get on because she just she talks about how she's frustrated with the Pureborn and with Zaro and she says that to Jorah. Whatever. It's basically just a a big build up to she goes to the house of the entire next chapter. Yes. Which I don't know why you, you couldn't have opened up Danny Four with. The no one else turned her, her down, so I'm going here. Yeah. So, boom, done. Who had the biggest influence over Danny and why? Are you asking me, or are you just saying what the next bit is? That was a question. Um, I think we both kind of gave up with this chapter, honestly. So for biggest influence, I put time and desperation because that's just basically what she's exuding at this point is desperation. And it's all because of she's getting frustrated about the amount of time she's spent in Karth and that nobody is helping her. So just her surroundings Um, are just kind of crushing her, if that makes sense. No, yeah, it does. Um, I put the people who influence and cause that pressure. Uh, So I put Zaro in the Pureborn because neither help her, so that drives her to go to Voldemort's, what I put it, Voldemort's clubhouse uh, in the next chapter. 
where all the wizards hang out. I, cu I couldn't remember Hyatt Pre whenever I wrote that down. Because I looked up images for what uh, Zara was supposed to look like, mm -hmm. and it just kept showing up the warlock from the TV show, and I was like, some weird, weird looking. Yeah, it, I mean, it showed up the dude from the show, and then also a bunch of Hyatt Pre pictures. And I was like, he looks like a Voldemort looking motherfucker. And then when I was writing my notes, and I was like, couldn't remember Pipe Uh But yeah, so her interactions with Zara and the Pureborn is what drives her to go do that shit. So that was the, the main influence. Their lack of help is the uh, the main thing that's affecting her in this chapter. Okay. Knowing how the future plays out, what could Danny have done differently to avoid that result? Uh, I picked uh, Chase Down Quaith again. <laughs> Uh, just like last chapter, or two chapters ago, or wherever it was. Last chapter. Yeah. Do uh, so he, <laughs> Quaith actually says stuff to her that doesn't make any sense, and then disappears. Instead of just talking weird, and then just walking out the door and leaving, she just magically appears and then disappears. Somehow. Mm -hmm. So just track her down and be like, what the fuck do you mean by to go west, I gotta go east? and all this other stupid shit that she talks about. We'll get more into what it what we think it means in theories, I guess. Yeah. Um, but other than that, she, she sat in a car and then got home. I don't think there's a whole lot she could have done differently. She tried a lot to convince the uh, the Carth Carthine elites, bribing people and showing her tits and, and doing all this other nonsense, and nothing worked. So she thinks she could have gone naked. So she kind of answered the question in her own right. I felt like she was being facetious about that. Well, well yeah. Okay. Well. She right. was like, for all the good it did me, I could have fucking like, gone naked. Probably still would have had the same response. Okay. Right. All right. So I said she could have just skipped the pureborn altogether and kept that money. We don't know how much her bribes were or anything like that. And we know moving on in the story, the way she gets her... Um, gets her army and everything else she doesn't necessarily need money for it but financing is always a good thing to have that's actually a really good answer thank you <laughs> no as soon as i said it, i was just like oh that sounds condescending <laughs> i mean that's that's a, a it's a lot better answer than, than what i gave oh it's a lot better answer than you usually give that's what i was expecting you to say no yeah that's that's a a very good point not have gone and jumped through the hoops and paid them and all that stuff. All right, so our next one up is normally how this affects the other plots, but that doesn't apply. So our little bitch of the week. Who do you got? Zaro, Zoan, Daxos. Same. Um, crying, whiny, conniving little bitch is what I have written down. I had he fucks little boys and is oh trying to God. play Danny by stealing her Allegedly. dragon in a wedding. Allegedly. It's subtle, but it's it's there. The guy's a creep. He's a different kind of creep than Jorah. Well, yeah. Jorah wants to have sex with a girl With child. a prepubescent girl instead of a prepubescent boy. Right. They're, the entirely, they're totally different. <laughs> okay. Yeah, not much to talk about here. Zaro kind of sucks. Everyone knows that. I don't think there's a single Zaro fan. Maybe that's At something all? we should ask. I'll make a post later today and see if there's any yeah. Zaro fans. I don't think there's any redeeming quality in him. He doesn't have a... 
uh, a quote-unquote good action or anything that helps Danny along. I guess the Danny haters love him because he tries to rob her. So. Uh, in the show, definitely. In the books, it's more subtle. He never outright tries to rob her. She knows well, it's coming. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's trying to steal from her. Yeah. So I imagine people who hate Danny are just like, yeah. Well, people who read the books and actually legitimately hate Danny, there's something wrong with them. Yeah. I don't quite understand. But everybody has their opinion. They're wrong, but they have their opinion. Moving right along. Uh, choose an alternative point of view to view the events of this chapter from. Well, what did you have here? Because uh, slim pickings. How about you go first? Because I have two written down, and I don't know which one I want to pick. I picked one of the cut purses in the crown because it's probably a lot more exciting and dangerous and exhilarating to be in their head as they're going through and seeing Dragon Lady over there, but they're still trying to rob people. And then maybe like this whole planning uh, of the operation, you understand like what's going on with this dude who climbs a fire ladder and then disappears. That's not fucking explained at all. Where does he go? How does he just disappear? How can he do that? That's that's a, a type of magic that's not really replicated ever in this no. book or yeah. series. That's a good point. Or in the history of, so that could be kind of kind of interesting to to see what's going on there. Okay. You have two, so what's what's your two? Well, I did think about that. Um, so then my two are Zaro and Quaith, and I decided not Quaith because I felt like it would be too much information. Like, the same how we had talked about before, if we had a Mel POV up front, it would be, like, ruin so many things. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to pick one of them, or at least someone who has been, well, obviously everybody else has been in Karth, except for Danny and her people. But someone who knows um, and can tell us how Karth has changed recently, ever since Danny got her dragons. Since, you know, later on, Quaith goes and tells her that Danny and her dragons are the reason why the fire mages are able to do all of that shit, like... How much has it really changed? Have those people always been there? Stupid shit, really. Like you said, we don't no, have much yeah, to pick yeah. from. <laughs> Makes sense to go with that angle. So that would be from Zaro? Yes. Okay, and was Quaith just your other one that you thought of and then... Well, yeah, crashed? because I thought I thought of both of them and then talked myself out of Quaith because it would just be too much. Okay. Um... I'd be very annoyed being in Zaro's head. Because I imagine, like, cause if, if you're feeling something from someone's point of view, then you get their internal rationalization of their actions and their plans and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Cersei, you kind of understand, like, oh, she's not just evil, she's psychotic and crazy and, like, has some kind I of... I love her. Right, but you see she's not just the evil bitch from the first couple books, she's paranoid, and that drives her quote-unquote insanity and stuff like that, right? So you kind of, like, understand it a little bit more, not necessarily sympathize with it, but it puts a, a method to it all. And being inside Zara's head, I don't want to understand why. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a disgusting person, and I, I don't want a reason to sympathize or give a hint of rationalization to him. Okay, I, I will agree with you now on that because thinking farther into the future, we know he comes back into the story in dance and, you know, basically throws the gauntlet down at Danny. Like, if you're not going to leave, we're going to support these people in fighting you. Challenges her to single combat? Yes, exactly. He threw a glove in her <laughs> face, just like Stannis and Callback. Penrose. To um, Catelyn 4? 
dude, I thought it was Davos too. Fuck, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it was Davos. Someone in our last couple of episodes <laughs> did that. They threw a glove. But that was a talking point because of my annotations. Oh, fuck you and your goddamn annotations. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so if... Okay, so we know at this point, or I don't know if we know, but Zaro is housing Danny. We find out by the end of this chapter we why he's courting her so hard is he wants a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um... Do you think there are other motivations behind it? Like, do you think that the 13 are pushing him to do it? Or do you think it's all his own work? Uh, see, that'd be terrible if he's actually a good person and he's being strong-armed into doing all this stuff. I don't want to know that. He, like, You're content just not liking him? Yeah. Okay. But that would put some depth to the Carthian politics with... Because we hear of, of all the groups, the Tormeline Brotherhood and the Thirteen, the Pureborn, the Wizards, and there's another one, right? The Spicers. It would put some depth to this whole balance or imbalance, I suppose, in Karth. But it would be depth for the sake of depth that doesn't pay off at all because we fuck off from Karth at the end of this book and never really look back on it, so wouldn't yet we don't know uh, speaking of those like is karth by herself or uh, not karth quaith is quaith by herself that's what i brought she up was... on the last episode well yeah but now we actually get the names of all the things because last episode i had no idea what you were talking about i'm like there's the 13 and the spicers and um the seriously but but now we know there's pure because you thought zara wasn't a part of the 13 I didn't. I forgot that the Pureborn and the Thirteen were two different things, but I did know about the Spicers and the Torlamine and whoever else. How how did you not know? Finish your sentence. What do you mean? How did I not know? How did you not know? How did you not know the different groups? Because I haven't read this book in two years. So? It's such a minor fucking detail that there's five different factions fighting over Karth. It's not a minor detail if you rewatch theory videos over and over and over like I do. You, at work. you run a reread Facebook group and you forgot shit from this chapter. Okay, so what the fuck? Don't point pointing fingers at me. I have okay? a chapter I was supposed to do yesterday that I haven't done because it's a brand chapter and brand is boring as fuck. So I'm still avoiding that group even though it's my group. But yes. Holy shit. That's how I didn't know because I don't read this shit again because Karth is boring. And that's why. Nothing happens here. In this chapter, no, but Karth is not boring. Right, in this chapter, Karth is boring. Okay. Regardless... Point is, Quaith doesn't belong to anybody. She's kind of just hanging out by herself, right? We don't know how she ended up with the other two going to get Danny. Okay, that's stupid. Why is that stupid? Why, why are you... Are you calling me stupid? No, I'm calling not associating Quaith with any kind of faction, even though she was sent out as a, in, in the, the, the envoy party, but not clarifying who she's with, and then just leaving it blank for the next three books. So... Like, who sent Quaith out? Did she just tag along? Why is she a- able to tag along with super rich people? You know? So Quaith is a red priestess. Mm-hmm. We well, just saw no, a fire no, mage. She's not a red priestess. She's not a red priestess? She's a shadow binder. 
I don't think they're mutually inclusive. I'm going to say you're correct. She's one of those people, and then we got the Fire Mage, and then we got the Warlocks. I'm assuming the three of those people don't work together, those three factions. Yeah, same Because if, if Pyatt's out there, there's no reason for Quaith to also be there as a representative. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we'll ever find out. Well, at some Doubt point, it. we got to find out who the... You don't think we'll ever find out who she is? Oh, who she is, maybe. But I thought you said at some point, we got to find out who she's working for. Well, I assume if we find out who she is, it may give us at least a hint of why she was there. I wouldn't hold out for it. Okay. That's what we're on to quotes, right? Yes. I have two. I've got one, two, three, four, five. Five. Um, so my first one is a quote from Jocko. Jogo? Yeah, Jogo. Um, so they're, they're they're walking through or riding through the the streets, and Jogo's out front. He's whipping people out the way, and he says, "Make way, you milkmen! Make way for the mother of dragons." Pretty sure he's screaming in Dothraki, and the Carthine don't understand him. But he's <laughs> he's taking advantage of the fact that they don't understand him, so he can like throw insults out at him, calling him milkman and shit. I'm pretty sure they don't appreciate that. But still, he's like walking through, talking in a foreign language, like "Get the fuck out the way, assholes!" And everybody's just like, "Oh, loud noises." Okay, I'll move. <laughs> loud noises. He's, he's screaming. He's oh cracking lips. There's a giant bull walking through. I'll get out the way. But yeah, Jogo. I imagine him being as or high and all is taking full advantage of the language barrier here and is just cussing up storm at people. But do you think it's similar to our world and how usually when someone knows a couple of words in a foreign language, the first thing you want to know is some cuss words? I don't think it's similar. So maybe like a couple of the Carthine understand the phrase milkmen is what I'm trying to say. And so they recognize that. Maybe, but... Okay. So I'm just saying like, I could cuss you out in Spanish... Granted, my Spanish is kind of okay. Congratulations. But, like, well, I'm trying to... Mm, never mind. <laughs> you think Carthane people wandering the streets understand Dothraki? I'm not saying they understand Dothraki. I'm saying they might know enough to know a cuss word or two. Right. Well, you think the people in the streets of Karth understand Dothraki? I'm just wondering if they do. Okay. I, I don't think they do. Okay. Anyways... Good talk. All right. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so this next one I have. Do you have anything about the sorrow, sor sor sorrowful, sor so, 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 sorrowful, sad boys? Yes. Do you have anything for them? <laughs> no. Okay. So I, I'm surprised you didn't do it, because you've said this to me before. Um. So Zaro is saying how maybe the pureborn will send one of them to um. To kill Danny. The Sorrowful Men were an ancient sacred guild of assassins so named because they always whispered, I am so sorry to their victims before they killed them. And you've said this to me before. How do they know that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I figured you would have uh, picked it up. No, I, I totally forgot about that. It's That's from the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. When people are talking about the Black Pearl, how it comes in, never leaves any survivors. And Jack's like, no survivors? Where the stories come from. Yeah. And this is the same thing. Before they kill somebody, they always say, I'm sorry. How? How do you know that? Are they killing them in a room full of people? and like? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> They're not very good assassins, then. 
They even whisper it, right? They they whisper. I'm sorry. Is that what yeah, it's saying? always whispered. I am so sorry. Yeah. I call bullshit. <laughs> you think they they're like, no, we're not called Sorrow for Men. We have an actual really cool name. We're, you know, the Bloody Blade Brotherhood or something like that. But all these fucking civilians keep calling us the Sorrowful Men because they made up this stupid rumor once. Because who wants to be known as a group of assassins as the Sorrow for Sorrow, <laughs> the sad voice. No, neither of us can say the fucking word. Uh, I don't it's know. such a dumb name for an assassin's group. Well, if you're an assassin, you don't really want people to know you're an assassin. Right, so it's bad to have a tagline. Okay. Same with the faceless men, how everybody knows their prices and they know where their fucking office they building is in Bravos. Yeah. <laughs> Super secret group of assassins. We live here. Just blow up the fucking building. Here's our prices. You can find them online, I guess. In, <laughs> somewhere on the Twitteros. Um, my next one's... Uh, oh, so I didn't mention this, but uh, because it didn't seem very important. But a bunch of people have been coming to Karth to like pay Danny to see uh, her dragons and shit, and they pay her a bunch of oh, weird, weird shit. So one, one broad, it says a widow brought the dried corpse of her husband, mm -hmm. covered with crust of silver leaves. Such remnants were believed to have great power, especially if the deceased had been a sorcerer, which this one had. Yeah, right. That's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> like that should have been included in this fucking chapter where Danny's just sitting here and people bring her shit and this chick just br dragging a fucking corpse in and be like hey this is for you it's magic <laughs> can, I, can I see your pets well when I read about it I was thinking I was like does Danny still have that because we never hear about a dead body following her no she got rid of everything but the crown so did someone buy the dead body off her apparently she sold everything to get back the money that she tried to bribe the politicians with so somebody was just like, fuck yeah, I'll buy that. A, a, a dead, dried sorcerer's corpse? Covered in yes! silver. I've been looking for this. Nice. Make sure to pass it down to my children. It's canon. That's what happened. It says it in the book right there. Okay. Someone bought it. Well, and I but hope, anyway. I hope she kept the Zorses. She I, sold everything. Well, she's stupid. She um, needed money. Well, and that's... My next quote is when she's talking about the crown, how she wouldn't sell it because Viserys sold their mothers, and she thinks to herself, I've become the most splendid, splendid, splendid beggar in the world, but a beggar all the same. Um, all those years running from city to city, one step ahead of the usurper's knives, pleading for help from archons and princes and magisters, buying our food with flattery, he must have known how they mocked him. Small wonder he turned so angry and bitter. In the end, it had driven him mad. It will do the same to me if I let it. Part of her would like nothing more than to lead her people back to Vase Taloro and make the dead city bloom. No, that is defeat. I have something Viserys never had. I have the dragons. The dragons are all the difference. So a couple of different things with this. One, do you think we'll ever see Rayala's crown? No. Okay. And then two, she really thinks a lot of herself in comparison to Viserys. Granted, she does have dragons, which is a big deal, and he never had that. But... He did his best to, like, protect her when she was little. I, I just... Sometimes she's just ungrateful, and it bothers me. She does ungrateful have positive... to Viserys. She has positive memories of him sometimes. But... I feel like she... Overlooks some of the stuff he did for her. He... Physically and verbally tortured her. 
mm-hmm. and abused her. Mm-hmm. And she should be like, yeah, well, he still did a lot for me. I'm not saying that she should idolize him or anything like that, but I think that she sees herself... I don't know the right way to phrase this. Um, that she just sees herself so much better than him. Which, I don't know. Like, she has the better shot of taking Westeros, obviously. Um, but still, like she says, she is still a beggar in all reality. Like Viserys. Yes. So she's not saying she's better than him. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not tracking. That's fine. I, 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 I don't fucking know. Said. I don't. She should have appreciated Viserys better. We can just cut out that whole quote. <laughs> I don't I mean, I'm, care. I'm sure you had a point if you want to. I have a point a lot of the time and then I just don't, I don't follow through with it. So it doesn't matter. Are you done? Cause I have more. I said both of mine. Okay. So Zaro. He said a lot. Oh, okay. So Zaro. They're going back and forth, and um, Zaro keeps telling her how he can't give her any ships. And he says, I have given you my home and heart. Do they mean nothing to you? I have given you perfume and pomegranates, tumbling monkeys and spitting snakes, scrolls from Lost Valyria, an idol's head and a serpent's foot. I have given you this palanquin of ebony and gold and a match set of bullocks. Is that ox? Yeah, I assume it meant bulls. The things, the animals that are pulling the... the Oh, Okay. Um, to bear it, one white as ivory, one black as jet, blah, 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 blah. So, a couple of the things with his gifts. Perfume and pomegranates, whatever. Tumbling monkeys, spitting snakes. I laughed because I'm a child. Scrolls from Lost Valyria. Assuming she sold them then? Because that could be important information. Possibly. Um, an idol's head. We, we never hear about this. An idol's head and a serpent's foot. Serpents are snakes, right? Yep. Don't know. How the fuck does it have a foot? Don't know. Interesting, though, because I didn't think, or I read this, didn't hit me until you brought it up, but the two bulls that are pulling the thing, one ivory, one onyx, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a, a black and white sort of thing there. That You kind of see that same thing with the, um, the, the doors on the house of black and white, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the door beneath the night fort being um, weirwood underneath the black gate uh, or whatever. The black it is. gate. Yep, that's the chapter I'm supposed to be doing. That I'm avoiding. Um, and then there's a couple of other black and white uh, opposite sort of things going on there. So I kind of just poked it set up in here. I'm, I'm sure there's a fuck ton of mythology and symbolic references with bulls and everything like that. And I don't know the first thing about it, but if you do know about it, it's there. Symbology with bulls? Yeah. Tons of it. Oh, fucking idol. Tons of it, yeah. No clue. I've heard mention of it, but like they start talking about that stuff and I can't follow it. Of bulls? Know. Yeah. All the people who talk symbology and symbolism and stuff like that. And it's loads of stuff with bulls. I just I can't follow it because I'm they talk about stuff that I'm not familiar with, so that I'm just like, okay. Take your word for it. You have another um, quote? Yeah, I have multiple other quotes. I think I'm getting sick. Okay. Um, Danny's reporting to Jorah what happened for the day, telling him that Zaro proposed to him, proposed to her again. And Jorah says, he tells it true as far as it goes, but there's one thing he failed to mention. The Carthine have a curious wedding custom, my queen. On the day of their union, a wife may ask 
a token of love from her husband. Whatsoever she desires of his worldly goods, he must grant, and he may ask the same of her. One thing only may be asked, but whatever is named may not be denied. And so that's where, you know, we finally get it. Oh, that's that's what Zaro's angle is. Because I think prior to that, he's just a shifty guy. We're not, we're not sure of his motives. He's helping her for some reason. Right. You just get the same kind of Jorah vibe from him. I don't know if I ever thought that he was trying to bang Danny. I did. Even after she... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Now, even after he uh, tricks her and gets her dragons, as his plan would go, I assume he also just wanted to keep his pet Targaryen queen stuff. I forgot that he keeps pretty boys in his house. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I assumed he wanted both. I get one dragon for myself, and then I get the dragon queen for myself, and that comes with the other two dragons, and technically they'll be mine, too. So, I don't know. Okay. Well, that's it for me for quotes. Uh, standout appearances. I have oh, none. Really? Yeah, nobody stood out to me. Not even Quaithe and how she magically appears and disappears and how the Blood Riders are shitty security guards? Yeah, no. Okay. So... Like, it... I mean, it stood out in the sense that it was jarring. Like, they're standing there in the square and they watch this happen. I guess the, the, the fire dude who climbed a ladder of fire and then disappeared. That stood out. Neat trick. Elaborate plan, getting people to look at him while he's got his people um, stealing money. So yeah, that guy. That whole crew. The the, the fire mage crew. The that fire mage money. and his, his pet purses? Yeah, his, uh, his little birds, for lack of a better term. Uh, but no, Quaith popping up and disappearing just seems random and weird. Like jarring like why how does how how yeah and it, it bugs me well and it bugs me too like so that's what i have written down but really the the thing she stands out for the most is delivering the lines on magic is back in the world and that whole north south east west shit um but like you said it it, it bothers me more than anything that jogo ricaro none of them saw her like she just they were all watching the fire. Okay, so when people do that, that's when the cut purses come. So if you are aware there are cut purses in the crowd, wouldn't you be keeping your eye on your fucking queen? She was sitting in the horse with him. She, she was sitting in his lap, yeah. But still, like... So, what do you mean, keep an eye on it? Like, it, she's he's, literally... He's holding... She's right there. Okay. Where is she gonna go? Maybe watch your surroundings? I don't know. They were. Played... They, they they were noticing their surroundings. They were noticing people getting robbed. <laughs> but they didn't know Quaith, notice Quaith come from nowhere. Because she just appeared. She didn't sneak up on him. It was just like in Harry Potter where you, you apparate and disapparate. We don't know that, though. We don't know that she apparated. We don't know if she just, like, fucking crawled next to the horse. Well, there you go. She was uh, attached and holding on underneath the palanquin this whole time. <laughs> And then when they finally stopped, she was able to drop, roll out, and then sneak up behind. And was just like, yeah, that dude, he was bullshit a month ago. <laughs> the Mission Impossible gear holding on to Right, the that's exactly what it was. Oh, my God, okay. And then she's like, fuck, how am I going to get out of here? Uh, to go up, you go down. To turn left, you must go right. Look over there. 
get a pet dog and call it a cat, and to swim you have to go in the clouds. Bye. And then everybody's just like, what the fuck is she saying? They look at each other confused, and then she and runs then she away runs down away. the valley. <laughs> no, she has to have one of those, like, the fucking... What are they? I don't know what they're called. The little pop things where she can the just Batman, throw it. Batman, you can smoke grenade. Yeah, yeah. And then she and just then runs he... away. Yeah. It's quite Batman. Actually, no, the Batman thing doesn't work no. because she starts talking in, in stars. But she is the Riddler, at least. Okay. That's undeniable. She talks in fucking nonsense. That could really be any crazy person. Are we blending into theories now? I think so. All right, so on theories. To go north, you must journey south. To reach the west, you must go east. To go forward, you must go back. And to touch the light, you must pass beneath the shadow. And in a shy, she will find truth. Sounds stupid to me. And uh, through five books, or the next three, the rest of this one and then three others, or technically two others, I guess, None of this has come to any kind of fruition. And we get more nonsense from Quaith after this. The Mummer's Dragon and the Sun's Son and the Griffin's yeah. something. A bunch of stupid shit later. But for this one, none of it, unless it, it doesn't apply to Danny. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to think of this as applying for someone else. But everyone always looks at this quote and sees how this applies to Danny, which could be where everybody's going wrong. But anyway. Well, it says you. Right. Maybe she's talking to Ricaro. Or Jogo, the other person. But Jogo follows her, so that doesn't make sense either. She's talking to Payapri? She's talking to someone. Or, or Zara? It's, um, did you finish Westworld yet? No. Are you going to finish it? No. Okay, so she's talking to Danny's mother through Danny. doesn't make any sense so in the um native episode what the fuck is his name a a a a a a yeah a ends up talking to Maeve's daughter and then by the end of it you figure you find out that he is talking to Maeve via Maeve's daughter like through her eyes so if she's not talking to Danny she's talking to someone through Danny is what I'm saying I'm just talking a bunch of nonsense yeah. Okay. Anyways, go ahead with your to go north. Oh no, I have nothing. You like Well, you were the one that said maybe she's not talking to her. Right, but how would she be talking to Danny's dead mother? Dude, I don't fucking know. I'm making shit up. Alright, so to go north in the simplest terms possible, that means to go fight the others, right? Ah, are you serious I right now? I literally thought it meant go up. Shut the fuck up. Because I was like, there's there's nothing south of Karth. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> How have you never? Really? Yeah, really. So what is what is east and west? To reach the west, you must go east. What does that mean? So, well, let's let's backtrack. So to go fight the others, she has to go south. So 
So at some point she has to go south of Karth to either obtain something or to get back to Westeros. Oh, so north... To go north means the others, but south still means Karth. South of Karth. Not necessarily Karth. But if the north means... If to go north to fight the others, mm -hmm. you have to go south of Karth. Why does that make any sense? If the north means refers to Westeros, wouldn't the south also refer to Westeros? It could, yes. But what so I'm why saying... You, why are you bringing up Karth? Okay, because I'm saying in terms of... I'm stupid. Latitude and longitude. Which, which one is this way? Are you talking about east and west? Whatever point Karth is on Planetos in correspondence to Westeros, south of that point. I don't think there is anything south. Of where Karth would be in Westeros? Right. I'm I think Cal... So I think... If you have let China... Me, let me pull a fucking map up, because I'm pretty sure Cal... Karth is south of everything. No. Because south of Karth is um, Slaver's Bay. What is that, oh. southwest of Karth? It's like west and up, west and north. Slaver's Bay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Karth is south of Dorne. There is nothing south of Karth except for uh, Great Morak and Sotherios, and then a bunch of random islands. Oh, shit. I don't know my geography. Yep. I mean, there's a, a New Gis is south of Karth. Valeria and, uh, is south of Karth. Some pieces of Valyria and the Summer Nath. Isles. Nah. I thought it was Nath. It's two A's. I thought it was Nath. Okay, well. Anyway, what that. You... Butterfly anyway. Island. That's what. Okay. So. Ashai. Ashai is south. Um. Lang, E.T. Okay, so. If it's Ashai, then we go the east-west thing. But then also south can be the shadow of Ashai, pass beneath the shadow. Um. Is she just saying she needs to go to Ashai for everything? To fight the others, you gotta go to Ashai. To go west, you need to go to Ashai. To pass the light, you need to go beneath the shadow, which means Ashai. Is she just telling her she's got to go to Ashai for everything? Maybe. Is she still find truth there? But I think a lot of people have, um, I don't want to necessarily, necessarily say debunked, because we don't know for sure what any of it means. But I think a lot of people have fought against it, meaning that she needs to go to Ashai. I mean, Diddy guesses that, and then ask Quaith, like, oh, you mean Ashai. Okay, so what do I got to do in Ashai? Like, what will I find there? And she's like, truth. So that almost seems like Quaith is confirming that she's talking about Ashai. Everything has secret meanings and secret identities, and nobody is who they say they are. Right, but with what what I'm saying is, like, Quaith seems to confirm that she's talking about Ashai. I agree with you. Well, you didn't say that. You started yammering about secret identities and stuff like that. You should know when I'm not being serious. Sure, but I We've was trying We've been doing to... this how long now? 30 episodes. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. We solved our theory. Hold yeah. on. So to go north for the others, you must journey south. To reach the west, you must go east. So yeah, to me that makes... To go to the north and fight the others, you gotta go to... But didn't George say we'll never see a shy? Or we'll never be yep. in a shy? Yep. We'll see it in flashbacks. I mean, that could be like... Danny's flashback from... 
in between books or something. I don't know. I wonder if his quote was before he scratched the gap. I don't know. Because if it was prior to the gap, then it could have been in that time period that she made it to a shy. Right. But I'm yeah, too lazy to look that kind of shit up. But if anybody knows, please tell me. Everybody always assumes it's Mel, though, that we're going to see the flashback from a, a Mel perspective. Yeah. Okay, so if she doesn't make it to a shy, what type of tool or what is it coming from that direction that would help her? That is going to be truth for her. Magic. She has the magic. More magic? I have no idea. I don't know anything about a shy. Except magic people live there. Scary people with no children. Right. Uh, Which if, sounds like it would be great. If the House of the Undying is Voldemort's clubhouse, then a shy is like Voldemort's Headquarters? City. It's like the House of the Dying is a branch, but then the headquarters is a shy. Right, it's like a regional office building. It's a regional office. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. We solved that theory. You guys are welcome. No need to talk about it ever again. This is going to be a very short episode. We are at 48 minutes. Fantastic. Well, that about wraps it up for this chapter. Uh, up next, we should have a special guest on, somebody that no one has ever talked to. <laughs> and uh, because he's one of my friends from in real life. Do you guys have real life friends? I do. I have at least one. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, following along here with this boring ass chapter. Uh, next chapter is the uh, House of the Undying, where we get a bunch of crazy shit and uh, lots more theories. And we love theories and talking about theories so much. Um, but the yeah, next follow one will us. Be fun though. Yeah, it'll actually be uh, less sarcastic and sardonic than we normally are i imagine i don't know your friend so we'll have to see yeah he'll be okay <laughs> subscribe to our youtube channel give us a thumbs up if you liked this episode we're on soundcloud and itunes and google play and stitcher and all those other places too uh join us on the facebook group asoif slash got discussions and theories and uh coming out have a chat comment on the this video let us know what you think you got anything else no. You always ask me that, and then I have to, like, you can't ask me something like that. I don't fucking know. Don't no. you have a, a, a collab coming up soon? He's in Kenya. So, so no. that's a, yeah, okay. Not soon. If it's happening, it's not anytime soon. All right, well, that should be it for us. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs>